Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline to predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the models in the course of this episode. Let's cover four Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Monday, May 8th, 2023. Get you in here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Also, if you're interested in projections of picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. But even if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. Does not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday. Sunday had four teams score double-digit runs. I think someone scored like 18 and someone scored like 17 or something crazy like that. And and these things, again, I just I try to come up with a different example every, every other time we come up here. Weird things happen in baseball. It's about the long term. It's about betting at least three or four games, hopefully six or seven, maybe even more if, if you like it, but, but using the large sample size to our advantage, using a strong mathematical model, I believe I've built one. You can use other ones as well, but that's the concept that's going to make you a successful baseball better is not getting distracted on these weird one-off results that are not predictable by thinking about how the long-term plays out. In other words, please understand that good or bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality. For any gambler, uh, Jake. On top of all those crazy run scoring games, we had two relatively deep extra inning games with the with the I shouldn't call it a ghost runner, right? But with the, the freebie runner, the fake runner, the whatever. You want to, it's not a ghost runner, right? Because ghost runners like we don't have enough guys, so we put. But it's like a it's like the opposite of that. What's the opposite of a ghost? Uh, a human, human, <laughs> a human runner. <laughs> with with that, we tend to see extra inning games end after usually ten, maybe eleven. But I think on Sunday, your Braves played in a in a. Uh, 12 inning game, game pretty deep, and yeah. then the uh, Marlins clubs played like what seemed like a hundred innings because extra innings don't last very long, and that game just kept going, kept going. Uh, we're talking about weird baseball results all the time, right? And uh, Sunday definitely provided its fair share of them, right? Yeah, I mean Sandy's got to be out of his mind, mad. It throws a like beautiful game, and then that happens. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I was weird. yeah, I was surprised that he was out there in the ninth. His pitch count was up to like 120, and I don't know. Puck has been pretty good this season. He gave up some runs on Saturday, but that was kind of, uh, you know, error related and some other things like that. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's going to be frustrating for him. Uh, Although to be fair, I think he's done that a few times now with this Marlins team pitched really well and then um, not gotten the decision. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, and and then even just speaking about your Braves specifically too, Friday night's game was pretty weird, right? With, uh, you know, just like nothing happening, close game, tight game. And then all of a sudden Orioles just are like, we're going to score Seven runs, eight runs, or whatever, yeah. and one inning. I mean, what in the world was that about? I, I don't know. I mean, the Braves bullpen at times just disappears, forgets how to pitch. And then, like, I mean, even the first game they won, uh, the Saturday, like, mm-hmm. or maybe that was today. I'm getting confused. But the tying run was the bounce off the catcher's leg that put yeah. them, like, one to one. Like, and then they end up winning that game. They, you don't deserve to win off of that. Like, that, the <laughs> Orioles deserved a lot better than what they got in the the Orioles are, are great. They've been so good to us backing them. I, I cannot say enough good things about them. And and I believe both the games they lost to the Braves were uh, by one run. So if you took them on the red line, uh, you, you had all three wins. Uh, but it, it's a great thing. The last thing here we'll talk about real quick is a quick discussion before we talk about the games is a reminder that bullpens are 
very volatile. I believe the Braves entering today came in with about the 15th best DRA. ERA is a good predictor of what tells you what's going to happen. It's not the best predictor of what will happen. Uh, the Angels came in with like the third best bullpen ERA, and they gave up about a thousand runs between Saturday's late night and on Sunday. The Braves bullpen's still really good, but yeah, we've talked about it a lot. Their bullpen has really struggled. The, the hope is that getting Iglesias back helps. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much it matters with the slotting as much as adding a good arm always helps, right? But they still got really good pieces. It's just figuring it out and. Every every time, every season, you're going to have ups and downs and bumps in the road. But the Braves bullpen has definitely had that bump in the road. It's one of the more surprising things because seeing them in the middle of the pack statistically, I still think they might be the best bullpen in baseball. They just, they just haven't shown it yet. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, speaking of the Angels bullpen, what did Tucker Davidson do to make his manager mad? To just leave him out there to just demolished. I, he was just, he couldn't do anything. And then the Rangers were just beating him up and the manager was like, eh. yeah, whatever. Yeah. The angels, uh, their offense is looking pretty good. I, I think their offense is potentially top five. And I'm saying that this year, last year they started off hot and I was like, no, no, no. It's a mirage. They're a league average offense. Cause it was just three guys this year. They added some depth, uh, I believe uh, Brandon jury, uh, someone else they added brought in, Good enough offense, a lot of depth now, uh, but the pitching is still the problem with the Angels, and that's where if they can get that pitching squared away, getting some extra starters, a guy like Jose Suarez, we faded him today, got a, got a B-grade player with the Rangers. Um, Jose Suarez looks terrible, uh, and of course those relievers have pitched way over their head, but they aren't very good <laughs> on the whole. Um, it, it, it's The AL West, I think, is a real interesting situation with the A's just like literally giving up. The Mariners really underperforming. The Angels with the pitching issues. The Rangers kind of ups and downs. And, of course, DeGrom's already hurt. And the Astros, still the best team of the division, but just have not played very well, partially the injuries. I mean, that, that by AL By default. Yeah, by default, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the anti-AL East where all the AL East teams are doing really well and like all of them want to win it. In the AL West, you're like, does anybody really want to win that division? Or are they all just like, nah, we're just past this shit. <laughs> Uh, early season baseball is fun. Early season baseball statistics are fun. Just a quick reminder, people, the whole reason we built the model is to help us figure out where there's value in the numbers, where we don't want to get misled by the numbers. We'll kind of be talking about that over the summer, about here's this number, here's this metric. I don't think it means anything. Here's this metric, here's the number. I think it does mean something. And that's what we got to try to do here because uh, there's a lot of numbers running around out there in baseball, and a lot of them don't mean something. A lot of them do. And that's what we're trying to do here is help us figure out what's noise and what is actual signal. Uh, and that's uh, ho hopefully what we can we can provide for you here. Um, four games to talk about today on Monday. No day games. Jake, we're always sad about no day games, but, you know, here yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. really no words. It's just, yeah. 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 Uh, but before we get to the slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. A grade, Monday Nine plays return four units, B grades return three, C grades return two. You'll see those on the screen that I'm risking more on favorites than dogs, but not in a flat betting style. Uh, I like this way. It helps us, it allows us to take up some bigger favorites and bigger dogs without getting quite so uh, exposed on some of the risk uh, reward uh, proposition. So it gets the way I like it, but with the scaling, with the picks, with everything, take what you like and leave the rest. 6 10 p.m. Eastern. Let's kick it off with the Tigers and the Guardians. Let's take a big dog here with the Tigers at plus 170. Tanner Bibby will get the ball for the Guardians against Joey Wentz for the Tigers. Uh, Joey Wentz, not good. Uh, and yet we're back in the Tigers anyway. I think there's going to be a lot of runs in this game. I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure I said the exact same thing about the Tigers 
uh, playing game last week, except I said I don't think there are going to be very many runs, and I don't know what's going to happen. This is there's going to be a lot of runs, and I don't know what's going to happen. Just take the dog here, plus 170. Not a great value proposition. Model says it should be Guardians minus 172. So if this price goes up another nickel, you're getting a little bit more excited about it if you get plus 180. Typically what happens seven, eight times out of 10 is more money comes in on the favorite as the game gets closer. So this is what I would hold back on and wait because you're probably getting a better price as you get closer to first pitch. I can't imagine a lot of people backing this Tigers team, but they've been a little frisky. The Guardians offensively doesn't project very well against lefties. They do have a great bullpen and Tanner Bibby, of course, a young prospect. If he struggles, that bullpen should be able to help him out. Joey Wentz, not very good, but really it's about Wind blowing out, and I think we can get over this total of eight as the model projects 8.6. So official total play for me on this over eight. I think there's more runs, and I think that makes a little bit extra variability. So a little bit of value here on the Tigers. And just a, I don't really know what's going to happen because Tanner Bibby's only had, I believe, two starts now in the big leagues. Uh, and this Tiger team, honestly, they've been okay. They've been better than we thought they'd be better than they were last year, I guess. Um, Cause last year was such a disappointment. And again, I just don't like this guardians team against a lefty. So if, if, if Joey Wentz is ever going to have success, it's going to be against a team like the guardians. Uh, otherwise though, Wentz is not really much to write home about. There's a chance of rain on this one. So keep that in the back of your mind. Might want to play a first five over on this one because the rain's looking like it's going to pick up and be more likely as it, the night goes on on so maybe a first five over just in case you don't get the full nine jake what do you think about this one yeah like i like back in the tigers here i don't trust the guardians to do what they need to do um also wins has got this weird pattern going on with the starts this year he gives up five dominates gives up five dominates last time with the mets he gave up five so time to dominate yeah time to be out there i think i think it's good I still think the over is a better play because he's not good pitcher. He's not. That's just no. a weird pattern that's happened. Um, we don't know about Tanner Bibby, but the Tigers seem to be playing better. I mean, yeah. it's part of the, like than what we expected. I don't know. I expected them to be look a lot like the A's, and they're not. So they uh, were last year, and that was it was so surprising back at the end of. Gosh, I don't even know what year one, right? At the end of 2021, they finished the season so strong. 2022, we thought they were going to be better, and then they just completely crapped the bed. And then this year, they're 15 and 17 entering today. Uh, I guess they they lost those 15 and 18, which isn't great, but it's better than they were last year. It's hovering around 500, and uh, yeah, it, 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 they're 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 at least competent, which is more than we could say about that team last year for sure. Yeah, I, I just I, don't know. I, I think there will be tons of runs and. Tons of runs. Could be a lot of crazy things happen here. So I think getting plus 170 is, is decent enough to play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Joey Wentz not great. Mod has about a 120. Uh, 100's average. So yeah, very not a very good pitcher. But again, like you talk about, sometimes he looks good and this Guardian's left-handed heavy offense would be the type of team that he should pitch better against. Temperature-wise, we're going to be in the 50s, so it's not like the ball's going to be flying out. So that should help him a little bit. Uh, again, wind blowing out. Uh, really, I just think there should be a lot of runs in this one, mainly because uh, you know y- you don't really expect uh first game of a series you know with a, a young pitcher and a guy like uh, joey went we don't think is very good you don't really expect the pitchers do a lot of that one right <laughs> so it's one of those like nine's a really common outcome in sports this game ought to be able to get to nine again i think it's mispriced i think it should be eight and a half um uh but again a chance that the game doesn't go full so might look first five as well 
7 to 5 p.m. Eastern, A's at the Yankees. Going to flip the other direction, take a big favorite in the Yankees, minus 210. Also a C-grade model says it should be Yankees minus 198. So not a huge value proposition here. And the Yankees offense just lost without, uh, you know, uh, who's the guy again? What's his name? Is he any good? The They have the lawyer, outfielder. Lawyer, lawyer. Law, lawyer. Yeah, big tall dude. Yeah. Without him, the Yankees uh, offense – Kind of lost. Here's the thing, though, is they are pretty right-handed heavy, even without judging the lineup. And, of course, facing a lefty in J.P. Sears, that brings their offensive projection closer to league average. And the A's are just terrible. They are going to win a few games, obviously, here and there. But I just don't think with Nestor Cortez that this is priced uh, where it should be. Cortez has struggled this year, but I still think we're still at the point of the season where it's six games. And those six games, I kind of mentioned this last week, right? They matter. And they matter more than any six games do last year. But the fact they had 30 games or whatever last year, you know, that matters more than the six this year. We're going to kind of put them all together, weight them all. You know, Cortez is still an above average pitcher. JP Sears, kind of in the same boat, right? Really struggled this year. Both of these guys have ERAs around five. The advanced metrics say it's pretty spot on for both of them. Uh, I think Sears is a better pitcher than he has shown as well, but uh, Cortez still the better pitcher. And of course this A's bullpen is terrible. So even if this is, you know, what I kind of expect to be more of a two to two game in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, whatever, the Yankees ought to be able to score against this A's uh, terrible bullpen. Model projects 9.1 runs, so we're going to go over 8 or 8.5, depending on which number you've got. Like the over in this one, we've got 70 degrees to start. So, again, not really a warm warm day, but warmer than some of the places around the country. Finishing off around 60 degrees, but the wind will be blowing out to right center field at over 10 miles an hour to start and closing in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range. So uh, that wind ought to help us out. It's not really a chilly night. And again, uh, both these pitchers have struggled this year. So if either one of them continues to struggle, that should help the over. If both struggle, definitely have the over. And then when they're done, again, I trust this Yankees bullpen much more than I trust the A's bullpen. Uh, So going to lay some lumber here with the Yankees at minus 210. C grade value. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I just I can't not back the the Yankees here because the A's are just so bad. And I mean, Sears might not be as terrible, but yeah, as he's shown so far. But that bullpen and that there's not a lot on that team talent wise that impresses. I'm I'm going to back the Yankees pretty pretty heavy here. I just don't see. I think Nestor Cortez can get it right faster than JP Sears because. Part of that's going to be the environment he's around, right? It can't be fun to be in that clubhouse this year. It can't, like, you can't all enjoy the, all the injuries. I mean, man, yeah. It's, I, I'm going to be heavy on the Yankees, even without Judge. I, I think getting some of the other pieces back, like Bader, uh, I think he'll help improve that offense. He definitely helps improve the defense. Very good player. Uh, I just like the Yankees a lot here. Sounds like Judge is on track to return Tuesday, so it wouldn't be for this game, maybe for the next one. So it's obviously going to be a huge uh, difference maker to add one of the better hitters in baseball, you know, hands down. Uh, interesting note, the A's, we faded them 25 times this season to the tune of a 17% ROI. We've backed them nine times, gone one and eight. So, I mean, we've tried to back the A's at times, and it has not worked. Um, it, it We aren't quite yet. I think we're getting there. We're getting closer to the point where the sports books are valuing the A's appropriately, and we are going to be backing them more. It's just apparently we're not quite there yet. Um, it's just such a bad team. The, the problem is, of course, by the time we get to that point where we're the, the books are valuing the A's appropriately, then they'll trade off anybody who's done anything. Uh, a guy like Rooker, obviously, who was a no-name claim for them, they'll probably trade him away, then the A's will get even worse. So it, it's just, you know. 
sad thing if you're in Oakland right now. Just sad, sad things all around. Uh, you know, <laughs> nothing else to say. Really. Uh, Seven forty p.m. Eastern. White Sox at the Royals. Back to White Sox here. C grade pick minus one thirty-five. Sideline says it should be White Sox minus one twenty-nine. And this is one that, even though it's a C grade pick, I absolutely want this part of my portfolio. Why? Because all about the pitching matchup. Dylan Cease and Zach Greinke. Both of these teams have been sketchy and or questionable and or terrible and or insert negative words. Um, it's a lot of bad baseball here on Monday, but <laughs> we can benefit because while both teams have struggled a lot, the White Sox offense still competent. Um, Dylan Cease, I still think he's a good pitcher. He hasn't looked great this year, uh, but I still think he's a much better pitcher than Zach Grinky. And that's the bottom line is that Grinky, I just don't have any hope of getting better than this. He's fallen well below league average, and I think that's about where he's going to stay as well below league average. While Cease has struggled, I still think there's hope for him. And that means minus 135 is not a great value investment necessarily, not what I want to put all my chips towards, but something that I think is worth a small investment here, uh, just because you're not going to get backing Dylan Cease against a team as bad as the Wells at a price like this probably ever again, so you might as well take advantage of it. Otherwise, we're about 80 degrees to start, 70 degrees to close. Wind will be blowing in. Total in this one, 8.5 or 9, and the projection's 8.6, so pretty well-priced total. Jake? You like the White Sox in this one too, correct? Yeah, yeah, I love the White Sox here. I don't think Greeky's got it anymore. I think he needs to make the shift to somebody's bullpen, uh, maybe a contender or something. I think that would – because I just don't think he's got the starter stuff anymore. I think uh, – I mean, he's still a decent pitcher, but it's nobody that I would back ever. I, I think his name carries a little bit more weight. I think this is a great opportunity to back Cease because, uh, like you said, I don't think – the we're going to get this kind of price with Cease against a bad team much, many more times this year. So I'm going to take the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox have the offensive talent with Anderson and Roberts and uh, all of them. So I think they've got a lot more chances to pull this off than what the Royals do. I think it's a smart play to have this one in your portfolio. Maybe not everywhere, but it's a smart one to put, some, put in there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy because we're coming off of a Sunday where we actually had an A-grade pick on the White Sox, and they won handily. And the A-plus play of the day on the Royals, and they won for it. That's why I'm sporting the Royals jersey here. So both these teams, I mean, I feel like both these teams winning on the same day is, but might be the first time it's happened all season. That's probably not true. But it's like it's not that far from the truth, probably, with how little wins both these teams have. And somehow they both won on Sunday as A-grade plays. Uh, but, you know, it's just a different story with the Royals. Royals playing the A's versus playing the White Sox. The A's are just the saddest team in baseball, and uh, the Royals aren't that far ahead of them. And now we're back to, um, like you said, just a very mediocre Zach Greinke. I mean, he, even the last couple of years in Houston, he was relegated for the most part to being a guy who uh, they really only wanted him to go through the lineup twice. They didn't think he had the stuff to go through that third time. He just wasn't good enough. And that was a couple. That was several a few years ago. And now it's just age is getting worse. Uh, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, what his career plans are at this point. You know, great career was incredible at the top of his game. But at this point, uh, Dylan sees, like you said, just a much better pitcher. And I'm just surprised that we can get minus 135. I figured looking at this, I figured we'd have to back the Royals because I figured how bad the Royals are. The game's, you know, a road game or whatever but I, for the White Sox, but I just figured they'd be way overpriced. I figured it'd be Cease minus 160, and it'd be like, there's no way I can get behind that. Uh, so the fact that it's not, like, terrible value is, is pretty surprising to me personally. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. It, it caught me off guard when I saw the White Sox pop up. I was like, ooh, 
that's that's nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, to the late game here, 9.40 p.m. Eastern. Rangers, the Mariners. Going to grab the Mariners at minus 155. B-grade play. Mariners with a nice little uh, series win over the Ash. Of course, that was at home, but, I mean, like we talked about at the start with the ALS and how disappointing it is, you got to start somewhere. So it was a great start for the Mariners there to hopefully get in their ship righted. Uh, Logan Gilbert versus John Gray. Gray has struggled this year, but the fact that he has a 440 ERA isn't my concern. My concern is that the underlying metrics suggest his ERA should be at six. And that's the bigger problem and why he's fallen down to slightly below league average, according to sideline, which is really surprising. A guy that I really thought would hang on to an above average rating for the whole season. Uh, Logan Gilbert for ERA, but the advanced metrics say it should be down to close to three. It's a massive starting pitcher mismatch here. I don't think people realize that. I think that's why there's value on the Mariners. I think people think these two pitchers are closer than they are. I don't think so. I think Gilbert's the much better pitcher. The Mariners, of course, have the much better bullpen. Offensively, it's probably about a wash but the game's in seattle the mariners will have a pitching edge basically from innings one through however long they decide to play so minus 155 b grade pick sideline says it should be seattle uh about right at minus 155 so it's basically a slightly positive anything expected value break even type expected value play but i just think there's a huge mismatch here with the starting pitcher and that's why i like playing the mariners here at this sort of price. If it does get down to minus 140, that's A grade material. I don't think it gets there, unfortunately. I think we're going to be happy with a B grade and just move on with life as I'd be shocked if you can get anything better than minus 150 on this one. Projecting to the roof to be closed with a total of 7.3. According to the model, I'm seeing 7.5 and and 8. So under 8, a pretty solid look here as well. Or if you wanted to take the Rangers team total under and say first game of a road trip, against Logan Gilbert and that really good Mariners bullpen might be hard for them to score too many runs. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you with the starting pitchers. I think the offense is a wash. Uh, I think Gilbert is leaps and bounds better than Gray is right now, and that's why I'm super excited when I saw this line. I jumped on it already. Uh, I think it is just a huge mismatch there, especially with uh, being in Seattle. I know the Rangers just beat the Angels and put up some crooked numbers up there. I don't think they're going to do that again uh, with uh, Seattle because the Angels bullpen just died, and I don't know what happened there in Texas, but uh, I, I don't see that happening again. I, I think that Marlins' offense is a little bit underrated. I think they don't have the names that really shock people, but they are a good, very good offense that work well together. Uh, we're taking like. Texas has some names that can really catch your attention, and I think we're getting a little bit of that. I think a little bit of the opposite here. I think we might see this creep towards your A-grade territory because I think mm-hmm. people are going to look at what the Rangers mm-hmm. just did and kind of lay some more That's money on that. Uh, but I'm still all over the Mariners here. I, I hope you're right. It feels like every like every nickel that goes towards the Mariners, it's like here's a few more dollars from the Mariners, a few more dollars from the Mariners. So I just keep on a little bit more every, every time the number gets better. Uh, I do think uh, a viewer don't don't click away yet. I have some interesting nuggets for you here, and I think uh, that I want to talk about based off what you just said, which is a very important point that Anaheim, that ballpark, has become very hitter friendly. Uh, you also combine that with again, while the Angels bullpen we talked about at the start of the show had been doing really well, they still actually project to be the third worst bullpen in baseball. So again. Not to take anything away from the Rangers because they still put up those runs and bravo to them, but it's a very different situation going from playing in a very hitter-friendly ballpark with a bad bullpen for the Angels, one of the worst ones in the league. And again, I know they had been performing well, but the history suggested that this was coming, right? Versus playing the Mariners who have a top-five bullpen in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. 
first day of the road is a whole different story. So I think that's really important to know. It's important to know also if you're looking at betting the Astros Angels, Astros staying on the West Coast, playing in Anaheim, again, hitter-friendly environment. So something to consider there when you're looking at going from the Astros and Mariners putting up some runs there this weekend was a little bit surprising the first two games of the series. The third game didn't have very many runs. But now Chris Christ and those teams, just things to consider there because now uh, you're going – one team's going from and one team's to – you know, going from back and forth, a very hitter-friendly park, very pitcher-friendly park. So things to consider here uh, for these series. And like you said, it's impressive what the Rangers did, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be that easy here coming up on Monday night. No, for sure. Uh, last thing here I want to mention, uh, A-plus play of the day that you can get on Discord. 10 wins out of the last 11 days. Uh, I'm, that's it. That's it. Period. Ted wins in the last 11 days. Uh, I'm pretty sure last year, I started the play of the day last year uh, in baseball season, and I'm pretty sure there were a couple of stretches like this. And it's just, it's 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 under a dollar a day, folks, at Dub Club, if you're not there with us. Uh, playing the playing the A-grade plays, getting all that info. Uh, and nothing else to say other than just, I'm, I'm going to let the record speak for itself. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get. Sometimes you got to step back and point at it. And going to it over the last 11 is just outrageous. It's hot. Uh, Time to jump in now so you can catch this hot ride. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, Jake, any, anything else for the viewer? Uh, no, I just really got to get a hold of whoever scheduling baseball and get some day games here. Like, this is this is miserable. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I feel like we're missing an opportunity. Uh, at least early on, at least now it's more understandable. When school gets out, we really are missing an opportunity to – uh, I mean, part of the push, and I totally get it. Part of the push has been making the game faster and more enjoyable. I love it. I love the changes. I love the faster game. I don't like, you know, kids can see more of it, but day games is where kids see games a lot of times, and that would be a great way, especially once school lets out here in, in the next few weeks for different people, depending on where you're in the country. We really need more day games, but, uh, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe when we rule the world one day, we'll, we'll figure this out. One day. One day. It's coming. All right. It's coming. All right. That's all we got. Thanks for tuning in this episode of Picture the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure the sports betting content provided on this channel is right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.